Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke, and this is the Kona Shame Show. Guys, um, I'm just going to get right into it uh, this week. I got I got good stuff. This is, um, I love it when I have cases that I do on Kona Shame, and then I go into the practice, and I see them immediately. That's what happened here. I, Dr. Dykes and I talked, and I went into the practice, and there was the happy dog who, um, he, he was limping, and so we popped some x-rays just sort of a, a, of his knee, which was fine, uh, and his hips were a train wreck. And I thought, oh, man, this is a two-year-old dog with bad hips. is happy and bouncing around. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? Guys, that's what we're talking about today in this. How do you treat that? If you don't know Dr. David Dykus, you're missing out. He's a fantastic guy. He's got a list. Like so many of our guests, uh, they, they, I say, give me, a, give me a bio for you. And then they send me like nine pages of things that they do and uh, degrees they have. And I'm like, that is, is just too much. So when I give bios on Kona Shame, just know that I'm leaving a ton of stuff out for your listening pleasure. Let me hit the high points with uh, Dr. David Dykus. He, uh, he is a practicing orthopedic surgeon at VOSCM. He is a Mississippi State guy all the way. He did undergraduate there. He did an internship at Auburn, and then he went back and did his residency and master's degree because, let's be honest, if you're just doing a residency, you're slacking. And so he went back to Mississippi State for that. His focus is on total joint replacement replacement, arthroscopy, and he works uh, with canine working dogs and canine athletes. If it's orthopedic, uh, this is the guy to call. Not that there's not other great surgeons out there, but you'll hear the wisdom and the knowledge coming out of David Dykus's head as we get started. Guys, let's get into this. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome, Dr. David Dykus, man. Thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thanks thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Oh, sweet. All right. This is awesome. I love uh, you and I have been friends a long time. We generally bump into each other at conferences and get to chat a little bit. Uh, you are you're doing a t- you do a lot of lecturing. You do uh, a good amount of writing. You're finishing up a textbook right now. Uh, you're the guy. You're the guy I need to talk to. So check it out. I have got an exam room uh, one. Actually, uh, just coming back from the back, I have a two-year-old female spayed Labrador retriever, and she just came in for some vomiting and some diarrhea, but I was working her up to make sure she didn't have a foreign body or anything like that, so I'm getting uh, abdominal radiographs, and just her hips look awful. I mean, they, they, look, they look bad. There's just jutting, <laughs> jutting bone everywhere. Like, this is just, it looks bad. This is two-year-old dog. Uh, and so I asked, I asked the owners, I was like, does she limp anything like that? And they're like, no, like they, they had no idea. They have seen no signs of this. So complete incidental finding on this osteoarthritis, but it does not look good. I'm thinking I should try to maybe lean on them to go see the surgeon. I mean, this, this dog might need, uh, I don't know. I mean, at two years old, like, uh, uh, a hip replacement. I, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm concerned about the future for this dog. Uh, check me on this. Uh, how, how do you, um, how do you treat that? Yeah. Well, you know, bravo for you for getting radiographs so that we stumbled upon what I like to call our incidental OA. Okay. Now what that means is we don't need to panic and think, Oh no, the world is coming to an end. This dog is, is destined for a hip replacement, but this also doesn't mean we need to ignore it. Right now, we're in the uh, avenue where we can actually start what I call sort of our baseline management. So 
I like to break away into kind of two categories. Okay. Those that are uh, in a period of kind of calmness or remission. So I think of it sort of like a nice day on the beach. Life is good. It's sunny. It's beautiful. We're hanging out. You know, we've now noticed, uh oh, he's got or she has OA. So now we can start our baseline management. Uh, but at some point, we need to let the owners know that, yeah, this, this could become a problem. They could have a flare-up. This is sort of like that really bad day on the beach. It's, it's storming. Life isn't good. We're going to retreat inside. We're going to have to change things up a little bit. And so as far as establishing the baseline, if this dog has hip OA, for example, uh, I'm going to start thinking about starting my, my joint supplements, maybe some Adequan. Um, okay. I'm probably not going to load them up on a bunch of anti-inflammatories, but I want to get as much baseline information as I can. So maybe I'm going to take my tape measure. I'm going to measure thigh circumference, see if there's already some muscle atrophy from one side or the other to tell me that one side maybe is bothering her than the other. Yeah, uh, I'm trick. also going to take uh, my goniometer and I'm going to measure my hip extension uh, because some of these dogs uh, will have, say, 150 degrees of hip extension, which is less than 160, which is normal, but it's probably right. not clinically relevant. Right, right. Um, but if, if this dog has, say, 130 degrees of hip extension, then uh, that might be a little more uh, concerning. And and so once I've got that information, I'm going to talk to the owners about, okay, here's what we're going to need to do. First off, let's look at your dog and see if your dog's overweight, because 60% of dogs in the United States right now are currently over, overweight or obese. And so uh, if the dog's overweight, well, we got to get weight off of them. And getting weight off of them uh, entails two things. Number one, diet. Now, the problem is, just like in people, diets are not self-sustaining for long term. I mean, that's right. why there are thousands of these fad diets for people, because we want to have the hope that we're going to lose all this weight. Uh, so we got to combine diet with daily exercise. And when we tell the owners this, they love it. They think this is awesome. All I got to do, open the back door. She can go take off and run and chase the squirrels, run the fence line with the neighbor's dog. This, this is simple. Life is easy. That's not exercise. That okay. is daily playtime. And dogs need that. They need the social interactions. They need daily playtime, daily exercise, taking or walking. Okay. Um, I, I, I want I want to jump in here because we got so you just you just laid out you laid out a bunch of stuff uh, that that I want to unpack with you real fast. So so hold on. So um, let me run through this because I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can be uh, as we as we move into this. All right, cool. Let, let, let me jump let me jump back for a second here. So um, I love the idea of, of measuring circumferences of legs. I have not been doing that. Um, is that I mean just honestly orthopedic stuff? If I'm starting to worry about hip dysplasia things like that, fairly it seems super easy. I mean we're talking about Taylor's tape wrapping around. Um, I, I've got to put that in my tool bag. So you kind of blew my Super. mind there and I'm like, well, it makes so much sense. I saw a dog yesterday that, uh, that came in for limping and this dog's right leg was visibly smaller than the left leg. I mean, just walking out, I was like, well, there, you know, I know what we're looking at first. Um, but man, I can catch that earlier if, if I'm taking measurements. So I, I love that. Talk to me about hip extension. Cause I'm not measuring hip extension either. Should I be, should this be a regular part of what I'm doing to work up, uh, these dogs uh, run, run me through that. I'm just being honest here. Like I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Goniometry is probably underutilized. Um, I, I, there is a little bit of a learning curve, but it, but it's really easy once you get the hang of it and it, it shouldn't take you more than, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes to, to measure. Um, most, uh, companies that either sell 
anti-inflammatories or joint supplements. They'll usually send you a box of goniometers and uh, you can put it in your lab coat and carry it around with you. Uh, but basically, uh, it's really just a matter of, of looking at the joint angle and, and the normal references have been reported. Um, but it really gives us kind of that second avenue of some objective information to really yeah. know are we making a difference? Are, are we making an improvement? Um, because we can have patients that have a loss of range of motion, but it's not really clinically relevant. Mm-hmm, sure. But we can have patients that have a loss of range of motion that is causing an issue. Because one of the key, key things is that a loss of range of motion can directly uh, correlate to a loss of limb function. Yeah. And so if, if we've got that dog that has maybe a little bit of loss of range of motion, we can teach the owners to do some things to help either maintain it or gain back a little bit so that we're not slowly losing more and more and more over time to where we yeah. can't ever get it back. Can, can I do this in a, uh, in a non sedated dog or do they have to be, do they have to be out oh, so no. I can get a good, I, you can absolutely do it in a non sedated dog. Okay. And, and I would actually recommend doing that first because that's going to give you a bit more of an idea of their true active range of motion. Uh, because in a sedated dog, we can probably push it a little bit lot further than right. what the dog would be doing clinically okay. uh, awake. And, and so you're going to get a little more of a realistic uh, avenue. And the nice thing about, say, muscle mass measurements and goniometry is you can have it at your baseline. So, okay, now we know where we are. And when you institute some type of management, whether that's through exercise or through a pharmaceutical, um, you can get them back in and recheck them and, and see yeah. Are we making headway? Was my diagnosis yeah. right? And are we heading in the right direction? Or, uh-oh, we're actually heading in the wrong direction. Either we need to reevaluate and change up what we're doing or, or think that maybe something else is going on. And, and so it yeah. allows us to really kind of keep an eye on on things in a, in a more objective sense because, you know, it's hard. You, you, you see a dog, you see tons of dogs every day. Sure. And so you put in your notes, okay, this dog's grade two lame and comes back in four weeks. And this time the, the wife couldn't bring the dog in. So she had her husband bring the dog in and, and you walk in, you sit and you're like, okay, he was great too lame last time. And the husband's looking at you like, I, I didn't know he was, he was lame. I've, I've, I've been at work. She, my wife just told me to bring him in. Mm-hmm. And, and you're thinking, well, is he any better? And he's like, I don't know. We <laughs> threw the ball last night. And he was good. Uh, yeah. And so you look and you walk in and you're thinking, well, gosh, I've seen 200 dogs since this one. And, and is my grade two still my grade two? So it puts a little bit of objective information in there. So you know that, you know, what you're doing is actually making an impact on, on your patients. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that totally makes sense. Um, how often do you recheck these guys? Oh, that's an excellent question. So for things like muscle mass and goniometry, I I would like to recheck them on about a four, you know, four week basis initially. Um, if, if we go back to our, our patient, we were talking about sort of had that incidental OA, um, I'm going to want to get, uh, my baseline. So I know where they're at and I'm going to have the owners, um, start that sort of weight loss and daily exercise program of, of walking. And, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is really counsel them on what does a flare up look like? Because that's going to be where we really need to get those guys back in because we might have to change our approach to more pain management to get them out of that flare up. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I tell them, you know, here are the things we need to look out for if your dog acutely has a change. Uh, but more or less, if you start to notice the stiffness and the soreness that persist a little longer or, you know, maybe you're on your walk and, and now instead of being right beside you, your dog's lagging behind or sitting down more or 
Maybe they don't want to jump up on the furniture. They're not going up the stairs as briskly. You know, those subtle changes aren't usually, uh, he's getting older, Doc. Well, she's two. She's not getting older yet. So right, yeah. You know, these yeah, yeah, are totally. red flag owners need to be looking out for. So unpack the joint supplements for me a little bit. So you mentioned Adequan. Um, you, where's your head at with that? So I've got a young dog, not showing signs yet. We want to go ahead and try to get him on some sort of protectants. What uh, What are your thoughts? What, what's going to be most valuable? How do I be responsible with their with their resources and, and still try to get them some good outcomes? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think when it comes to, let's start with Adequan. Um, Adequan was originally designed to be given as absolutely early in the disease course as possible. Okay. Um, the, the label dosage, as we're all aware, is you give it IM, you give those first eight injections, and then somewhere along the way, we deviated to this off-label usage of giving it to them monthly thereafter. And mm. for some reason, we tend to start Adequan way further uh, in the face of disease progression when we've probably already missed the boat. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, those young dogs that are having some very mild issues, I'll, uh, that's the game time to, to start it. Uh, as far as our oral joint supplements, so our glucosamine, our chondroitin sulfates, mm -hmm. and uh, other supplements, I'll typically put these dogs on it again very early in the course of, of the disease rather than, than the latter part because okay. what they're really designed for is for more milder forms of things. Um, and then we've got this aspect of omega-3 fatty acids or fish oil supplements. Yep. And you know, a lot of these are all geared towards modulation of inflammation. Um, and so if I've got those patients that uh, have the incidental OA uh, or have clinically relevant and it's affecting them osteoarthritis, uh, I like to start them on an omega-3 fatty acid supplements. We okay. usually shoot for pretty high dosage, uh, something in the neighborhood of about 150 to 175 milligrams per kilogram of DHA or EPA daily. So gotcha. pretty okay. high dosage. Yeah, that, that's, a, um, that's a big one. The, uh, the dog, let's say, that comes in that has a cruciate doesn't have any radiographic evidence of osteoarthritis, mm. but we know, you know, it doesn't matter which acronym of surgical stabilization is a hot topic that month that we do. Uh, we know they're going to develop a way. And, and so, uh, for those, I will start them on the joint supplement. I might even consider Adequan, uh, but I'm probably not going to start them on that high of a dosage of an omega-3 fatty acid just yet, because we don't have any radiographic evidence of, of, uh, OA. But one of the key things to remember is radiographic signs don't have a correlation to clinical signs. So back to your patient that had the acute gastroenteritis whose hips mm -hmm. look really bad. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're that clinically affected at the moment. But the same is also true if we have a dog that you take radiographs that you see just very mild, maybe even you're mm -hmm. kind of questioning yourself if arthritic changes are there but the dog's screaming painful in the joint. So right. you know, it's really important to remember that we want to treat the, uh, the dog, not necessarily the radiograph, as we were all taught. Yep. Um, and then I think the, the progression of OA management for the veterinary profession in a general sense is, in the words of uh, Dr. Dennis Marshall and Little, um, brilliant, brilliant orthopedist. He's at UC Davis now. He made a statement not too long ago, and he said, you know, we really need to move from a retroactive approach to management to more proactive approach to management of OA, mm -hmm. meaning we need to recognize these dogs very early. Because at the end of the day, the uh, end point of OA is failure of the joint. And so our goal is to try to maintain the longevity. 
And so another thing that people can incorporate into daily practice, super easy, is what's called the COAST approach. And uh, this was a metric that was published in the the veterinary uh, journal, the veterinary science journal, I think, in 2018. And it allows you to collaboratively work with the owner that you're going to both grade the dog. So the owner is going to fill out a metric like the CBPI form or the canine orthopedic index or the Liverpool OA score, the load score. You're going to grade the dog through various uh, means. You're also going to look at the joints, look at the joint motion, look at radiographs, and you're going to score this. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give you the ability to have, again, a baseline metric uh, to institute treatment. And then when you recheck the dog, you can recheck it to see, is that changing? But what's even more important about this coast is that there's a grade zero and a grade one. And a grade zero is you have a clinically normal dog with no OA risk factors. But the most important is the grade one dogs who are clinically normal, but they have OA risk factors. These are the dogs with hip dysplasia, elbow Mm -hmm. dysplasia, an obese dog, a dog with an angular limb deformity, a dog with a breed predisposition uh, or a confirmation type issue. And these are dogs where we can start that proactive approach to management on counseling the owners about maintaining an appropriate body condition maintaining both daily activity through daily playtime and daily exercise, getting them out and taking them walking. And if we can start this early, we can also counsel owners on how the world do you walk appropriately with your dog on a leash? You know, most of us, we see the dogs come in the hospital and they're on these retractable leashes and the dogs are bolting all over the lobby uh, and they're pulling. Um, And so we can counsel these owners on how to really teach their dogs to walk on a leash appropriately. So that way we can get the most benefits. And by the way, it's great exercise for us. You know, our owners, right. if they're compliant, with it, they may lose some weight. They may have a good time. They may start feeling better. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, um, so that's, that's kind of our, the last point. So we definitely focus on diet. Let, let's get some weight off of these dogs and then the exercise. Um, what are you saying to the owners as far as sort of exercise counseling? Like are there specific besides getting up, getting out and getting walking, uh, how, how do I co- walk me through that? I want I want to coach I want to coach this family to to get the most benefit out of exercise without overdoing it, without causing inflammation in, in those hips, without without setting us back. You got it. And the first thing is we have to make sure this patient is pain free. So mm-hmm. again, we've got to be at that kind of period of calmness or that nice day on the beach where uh, we know they've got OA but they're not really affected because okay. if they're in the middle of a flare up, you're absolutely right. We can't say hey start walking your dog, that, that's just going to cause more pain. You right. know, we got to focus on under control. So if I've got a dog and, and, you know, there's always exceptions to every rule, but if we've got a dog that's not used to going on walks, my goal is to try to get up to sort of a level flat ground, nice walking pace, about 20 minutes, twice a day. Okay. Um, once we can hit that point, then I'll tell the owners, okay, let's start working in some inclines, some declines, maybe some uneven terrain. If you've got trails or, or other things that'll help work on some of the stabilizing muscles. Uh, but we start out kind of slow. If, if this dog is overweight, hasn't really ever gone walking, lays around most of the day, we might start out at five or seven minutes. And then we're going to add on maybe three to five minutes about every five days. So we're just going to kind of keep adding. Okay. And, and I tell owners what we need to watch for is if we start to appreciate uh, a lot of stiffness or soreness 
um, when they first get up, it's taking them longer to warm out of it. Or when they get back from a walk, if they go and lie down and they get up and they're really stiff and sore, uh, we might have pushed it a little too much. So we can either back off or slow down the rate at which we're increasing that that walking time. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's much more conservative increase than I've used in the past. That make, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so just to recap, um, uh, measurement of muscle circumference. We talked about joint mobility and and, um, and and hip extension. We talked about some supplements. We talked about diet. We talked about exercise. Um, any other uh, sort of management for the general practitioner? Practitioner, and then I want to talk to you. Like, when do I pull the trigger and send them to the orthopedist? Yeah. So, so uh, the other thing to reiterate is the, the coast form. I think that's I think that's great because now right. you've got three things. You know, you've got your coast form, your goniometric measurements, your muscle mass measurements. Gotcha. Um, and uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is is if you if you stumble upon these cases that uh, have OA incidentally, don't panic. You know, take a step back and, and think. Okay, let's let's treat the dog, but this gives us the avenue to counsel the owners and get them in. Now. I would imagine uh, most of your listeners probably have 15 minutes, maybe 30 minute examination appointments. I have 90 minutes. So mm-hmm. I've got all the time in the world to talk to owners. Um, but in your 30 minute or 15 minute appointment, you got to get through acute gastroenteritis. You've done mm-hmm. your physical exam. We have to mention the, the teeth. We got to talk about the derm stuff, making sure flea heartworm is all covered, making sure other things are covered. And then I just pulled the trigger on you to bring up all this OA stuff. Right. Owners are going to, they're going to be mind blown. You know, they're, they're not going to remember everything you said. So I think there's uh, really two great resources that you can send owners to, okay. to start to learn more about the multimodal management of OA. Um, in the U S one of those is going to be care. Uh, you know, I think you actually talked to Dr. Chris, Kristen Kirby Shaw at one point, mm-hmm. um, yeah. about her, her website is canine, uh, arthritis.org. Yeah. Great uh, website. It's got information for uh, pet owners in, in kind of their language. It's also got information for um, uh, veterinary professionals. So there's both subscribe subscription and non-subscription based that gives you forms, information, up-to-date uh, research. Uh, there's another out of the UK called CAM or Canine Arthritis Management. And uh, they have a website that has just tons and tons of stuff for, for pet owners. Um, they have a massive Facebook following. They do lots of Facebook live events. But what that does is you can tell the owner, you know, I'm not going to overload you today. Go home in the evenings when the kids are in bed and you grab a glass of wine, check out these websites, do a little reading. And uh, when we get you back, then we can have another conversation about this to so where you're not going to be overloaded and you kind of already yeah. are up to speed on what we need to talk about. Yeah. No, I love it. But uh, forward booking, go ahead and get the appointment set for sure. Yeah. I, I, I preach, I preach that a lot. The idea that we're going to do everything in one 20 minute appointment and get them to comply is ridiculous. So yeah, I, I love the extra, um, the extra time to sit with them. I'll put the link to both of those resources in the show notes for people who want to hear them as well. So cool. Perfect. So, um, I feel like I got a good plan. Uh, I'm super excited about this. Any last pearls, words of wisdom for me, anything I want to make sure I don't miss. No, so so I think if if you've got the the patient that's got uh, OA in their hips, don't forget to check some of the other joints just to make sure we're not uh, already dealing with, you know, unfortunately a lemon, um, yeah, <laughs> where yeah. they might have either cruciate pathology or uh, they've got elbow dysplasia or mm. they've got other issues. So 
you know, typically if they've got one developmental orthopedic issue, there's sometimes going to be others. So you know, don't forget to evaluate the whole dog. Yeah. Thanks, man. That, that That's awesome. David, where can people uh, find you if they want more information or they're, uh, they're interested in reaching out? Yeah, absolutely. They can uh, check out my uh, Facebook page. It's Dr. David Dykus. Um, my Instagram is orthovet, so it's uh, ortho underscore vet. Um, and then uh, also, uh, I'm free to happy to give my email address. Uh, sure. If people have All questions, right. they can email me. It's it's dl dicus, so it's d y c u s at gmail dot com. Um, I will happily get back to people. Um, just be patient with me. I get lots of emails, so it sometimes yeah. takes me a few days to get through those. But uh, you know, if you got specific questions, if you've got uh, a case or radiographs that uh, for some reason you're just like, ah, the, you know, this, this, I can't really see anything and this dog's just not getting better, send them to me. And cool. uh, a little bit of a case history. I'm happy to, to help you out there. Cool. Thanks, David. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking time today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Oh, definitely. Hey, will you, uh, will you come back? We'll do it again. Oh, for sure. Anytime. All right. Wonderful. All right. Great. Thanks, buddy. And that is our show. That's what we got for you. I hope it was great. I hope it's helpful. I um, I don't hope that you see this case, but when you do, I am glad that you will have heard this podcast and gotten the knowledge that I got. Uh, like I said, I saw this case right after I talked to Dr. Dykus, and I'm like, God, I'm glad I didn't do this podcast. I love it. Uh, with that, if you're also loving it, do me a favor and share the episode or and or and write an honest review on iTunes. iTunes is how a lot, a lot of people find us. It really does help us to have uh, positive reviews, honest, positive reviews um, there. <laughs> and, uh, and and I would love it if you did that. Guys, take care. Be well. Be safe. Look out for each other. Let's be the people that our patients deserve. <laughs>